Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode. Now, I know for the whole beginning of the year, we've been doing fresh faces, new voices, all the new people that you may have heard uh, throughout the principle, but that's not today. <laughs> we have with us, um, I'm, I'm going to use my David Letterman hosting skills and say, my guest needs no introduction. <laughs> um, she is known throughout the community as amazing teacher and facilitator of this work. She's done it in the prison. She's done it in the corporate world. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kathy Casey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? And, you know, I'm glad you're having fresh faces on your program. I, that's you. what we, that's what my, my vision is to get this, you know, to the next three generations. Yes, absolutely. Keep this going. So I'm glad that you're doing that. Uh, that that's and fabulous. Being that you're talking about future generations, I see two little handprints behind you. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Who, who might those handprints belong to? <laughs> this, this is my heart. You've hit me where I live. Uh, my two grandchildren, okay. uh, Elliot, who is almost five, and Lily, who is almost three. Okay. And yeah, I'm a big part of their lives. And I, I can't, I just can't tell you how exciting that's been. And and it kept me sane through the whole COVID thing. And yeah. they're fabulous. So yeah, that's their little handprints made to look like b birds, you know. Oh, it's, it's super, I love it. It's well, this may be something that a lot of the listeners may not know because I don't know if it's come up and talk, but I too have grandchildren. So, <laughs> so you know how yes, wonderful I know, it is. I know. Um, I have Jordan and Caden, and oh, they're, they're six and one, and it's amazing. It's, it's, and mine, Elliot and Lily, and we'll we'll just spend the whole hour just talking about being grandparents. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll you do know, that another show, day. but yeah. it's amazing. So different. So different. It really. I mean, is. when my daughter talks to me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, dad, you're not listening. I was like, to them, I am. Like, they want candy, so candy it is. I am listening just to Hello. them. Yes. I, I, I'm the lollipop, you know, grandma. Yeah. I'm the balloon glam. And they give me the look and I'm like, hey, I'm allowed. Uh, exactly. That's part of my, it's all in my rule book. Thank and you. you don't get to my rule book till you get to be a grandparent. That's so right. That's you right. can't question me. So I love it. And I love no. watching my son be a dad. I That yeah. gives me a lot of joy. He's doing He's doing fabulously and they just started T-ball. So little Elliot's yeah. at T-ball. They didn't have enough managers. So there's my son managing, you know, herding cats with all the little <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> yeah. I there is justice. He gets to experience what I went through. But any anyway, it is. It's a joy. It's a joy. Yeah, no, I love that. So in in just talking about you know, the youth and things like that. I'm a, I'm a backtracker. I'm going to take us back. Sure, sure. Uh, you were one of what we call or we revere to and admire a first generation student, meaning you were mentored, you know, directly by Sydney Banks. Well, Sid and I'm I and others. Kind, of, kind of second, maybe not the first tier, but 
Okay. The second, yeah. In yeah, the, yeah, in the yeah, first, yeah, 1.5. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. 1.5. I like that. 1.5. I like that. No, but kind of just shape for me, what was those days like? Because it, we, what I would love the, the, the people listening to here is we see your work now. We see the, the magnitude mm -hmm. of the ripple mm -hmm. effect. We see your grounding. We see your clarity. We see how easy it is. And sometimes that gets intimidating unless I know there was a freak out moment for you at the beginning. So that's kind of like what I'm looking <laughs> for. <laughs> well, if you had all of us on, in a group somewhere, you know, the Georges and, and you know, all the folks like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to do this and it somehow didn't turn out, but have a time to talk about our bloopers or talk about what it was like for us at the be beginning, how we totally blew it all the bizarre things that have happened. Um, yeah. I've watched my mentors crash and burn in front of large groups of people. I have crashed and burned in front of large groups of people. So, and my colleague and I, Linda Ramos, we did a breakout session at the Tukun conference, just talking about that, the times when things didn't work out, people couldn't get enough. And we kept telling all these funny stories about yeah. how we got this program going and we found out the woman who invited us in to set the whole thing up. She was the antichrist. Everybody hated her. <laughs> so, so we go in, Hey, you know, looking and people are like looking at us like we were evil yeah. and we're like, is there something going? I mean, and really finding out, you know, she and I looked at each other time to hit the bar. She, you know, she gets her margarita. I get my martini okay, what did we miss here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or having an audience want to throw tomatoes at you, literally from the start of the program. Wow. And you're like, what did I, you know, is there something on the back of my, you know, sweater or something? <laughs> so yeah, we, we've had moments where we had totally ran into things or we were in, in over our head. But what I, the, what I got from George Prancy, I, I'll never forget this. I called him one time because I totally blew an interview with potential business, high level county person, went in with my colleague and we're like, had a game plan. And of course, they're going to want us to deliver this, you know, the principles to her huge department. It would mean a year's worth of business. I mean, we were all ready to go. And we blew it. We totally blew it. <laughs> And so we called George up and we said, George, we don't know what happened. This is what we did. And she ended up picking this person into mood rings and stretchy bands and all this crazy stuff and, and didn't pick us. And, and we thought we made our case and he's listening and he starts laughing. He's, and I'm like, well, I'm so glad this is entertainment for you. <laughs> and he said, no, Kathy, what I love about you is you get in over your head and not many people do that. He said, do you think I was born knowing how to do this? Because you look at George and go, oh, he, he just knows, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, do you know how many times I've fallen flat on my face, didn't get the business, it didn't work out? Mm. I said, really? You mean it's okay if I blow it? And he said, well, hello, welcome to the club. <laughs> and after that, yeah. after that, I, I became fearless. Like, okay, it's okay to blow it. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that I had that conversation with him because at, after a while, I, I was better at checking things out. I did way more listening because we just didn't listen. We didn't get curious with her. Well, why would you want to have mood rings? 
And we would do that anywhere else. But for some reason, we heard mood rings and we went, oh, no, 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 no. That, that, nobody wants to do mood rings. And we were trashing her without realizing. Uh, no, <laughs> you know I about get that it. get I the get rapport it. thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, and, but it was so funny when we saw what we did, we're like, that was a no brainer. But again, he said, no, you're going to go far because you get in over your head. When we started the jail program, when we got the money, we looked at each other, me and Lyndon, we said, now what do we do? We <laughs> yeah. So we call Beverly, right? And we call mm-hmm. Beverly and we say, now, Beverly, I don't know if you remember me, but I was at that train. She's, oh, honey, yeah, I remember you. I remember you. And I said, well, listen, we got this money for a program for women in jail. And we sort of wrote you into the contract. <laughs> And we were hoping, and she lives an hour and a half away. We were hoping you'd want to participate. And she's, I'll never forget this. All of a sudden, there was this silence. I'm like, hello, are you still? I thought she hung up on me. You know, hello? Then I heard the screaming, this amazing scream of excitement. And then I heard this crying and this crying and how did you know this was my dream? And I'm like, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I first started working with Beverly. And she, I said, well, I, I know that, you know, the commute's not going to be great. She said, don't worry about it, honey. I, I, I'll fly in. Don't worry. I'll, I've been wanting to do something like this and that was it. And that's where we started, (laughs) but we just wrote her into that program without even asking her. Wow. With a, and, I kind of roped this, her into being my mother without asking her either. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, I definitely kind of. And it gets I, better. It gets better because then we, I, I said, now here's the deal. This is the money. This is your fee. But she's, well, honey, I get paid way more than that. That my fee is a little bit higher. No problem. We'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> I hang up. Linda, can we move the money around? She's, yeah, yeah, I'll work it out. I'll work it out. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, she's a joy. I, yes. I'm, I'm yes. telling you, I, out of all the people, Sydney Banks and Miss Beverly, those are the two. Those mm. are the two. And then Roger comes in after that, that my mentors were just, I, I was lucky to have them. Oh. I was lucky to have them. Oh. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a little wacky. Um, everybody had this excitement, enthusiasm. That's what I loved about the feeling. People just had the certainty and and people are doing all different kinds of things, but, but we were tripping all, all over ourselves. I mean, yeah. we were, and I always encourage people, don't worry about that. People yeah. will feel that they'll feel your intent. They'll feel that you really are there to be of service to them. That's the most important thing. Yeah, as opposed to being that. correct. <laughs> correct. I know. Or right. And or this. Now, what's so beautiful is from that start, we have something that you and Ms. Ramos have created that is beyond belief as far as his impact on the community, recidivism and things like that. So kind of just walk me through what it looks like now, you know. Okay, after, well, are you yeah. going back in with COVID out? Like, how yeah. is that working now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, here's so for over oh, for close to 10 years, this thing just ramped up. So we started in the jail with like six women, 10 men. Okay, and it was a kind of a program within the jail system called RCP, Regimented Corrections Program. It was like a it was like a, a therapeutic boot camp. 
for lack okay. of a better. And this Especially is San Jose, California, San Jose, right? California. San and Jose, they decided they wanted to have something that dealt with addiction while people are locked up. So I got, they saw my, what we had written up. And at the last minute we got in because it was hard to kind of fit into the, all the programs they had. So at the last minute we got in. So we were along other approaches, you know, of course, 12 step cognitive behavioral, mm -hmm. uh, sexual trauma. I mean, they had all different kinds of things. And so we were one of the, the courses um, that we provided once a week. We started with women, went to men. At one point, I had close to 95 inmates in front of me in one session. And that's when I realized this is getting too big. So we started bringing up more trainers and dividing that number up and then offering, you know, classes to all the women, the men, this category, that category. Eventually, we actually even got a vet unit, the head of uh, the, the commander of the jail. He was a veteran and we had they had drug court, but he decided a lot of veterans are coming in and out of the system. He said, I want a vet court. So they set up a special judge and then they had a special unit in the in the jail for just veterans, all kinds, all yeah. kinds. Right. So they asked me and Linda if we'd like to participate in that. I said, yes, because my dad is a vet from World yeah. War II. And that's where my heart is big time. And I know, you know, your background. So we were able to provide a class for veterans. So we had a little of everything. Every so thousands of inmates were getting exposed. Thousands. Sidney Banks came and he actually did uh, a talk with close to 165 inmates under one roof, men and women. That was amazing. Uh, that, that experience was off the chart amazing. And so the program just got huge and then it spilled into the communities. So my other colleague, she, would, she took this into drug treatment programs. We were taking this into the shelters. We were taking this. And then I said to myself, I want the juvenile justice system to get this. So I always point to the juvenile hall, like you guys are next, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> After Sydney Banks spoke, one of the politicians, she came up to me and she said, I have money. Where would you like it to go? The kids, she said, write it up and I'll fund you. So now mm -hmm. we're in the juvenile justice system. So it just sort of took on a life of its own. It, you know, it just mm -hmm. wow. snowballed. And so I got for, money, where do you want to go? Like that, that's, can you that's imagine, a fairy tale in itself. Right? Can you imagine? And when we did the, got the money for the jail program, we got them. We wrote up this proposal, which was not easy. Linda Ramos and I were in a coffee shop, you know, writing things out, cutting and pasting anything written, you know, well, how many weeks should we do it? Well, should we do six? No, too short. Shall we do 12? We're making it up. We're, what week one thought week two consciousness i mean we're making this stuff i love up. it i love it and each time but what was behind it was the certainty we had yes. about people not wanting to change people but knowing that if people got just a sense of what this was it would somehow have an impact on their lives so we just had that feeling within us to go yeah. forward so people so over the years it just mushroomed and Santa Clara County had more programs than to this day any, anywhere else. 
I love that. I'm going to pause us right here. And Today's episode is brought to you by the Three Principal Global Community. Want to become part of a larger effort to help humanity? What about help spreading the message of Sydney Banks, known as the Three Principles? Become a registered practitioner. Benefits include being listed on the Three Principal Global Community Registered Practitioner page. Also includes monthly practitioner Q&A webinars and discounts on all 3PGC events. But wait, maybe your practice is new and you yet haven't finished all the, the requirements to become a registered practitioner. Have you heard about the apprenticeship program? It's also one loaded with a lot of benefits with such things as access to website resources and videos by the 3PGC board, monthly apprenticeship practitioner mentoring group Zoom calls, as well as group grounding sessions in various time zones around the globe so we can ensure that everyone has a foundational understanding of our work. Again, please check out the 3PGC's registered practitioner or Apprentice Practitioner Program at 3PGC.org. And that's basically it. I'll put back on a track and we go back into the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for shifting with us and growing with us as we find ways to continue helping get this understanding out to the world. And now back to today's episode. And the person who was behind all that is uh, Bob Garner, who is the director of drug and alcohol services for Santa Clara County, which was a huge department. He funded a small, tiny little department called the three principles um, department. Like he funded and, and there were like six of us, six trainers. And we went out and got paid to do all this training. Oh, wow. And that's how it, so, so it's amazing when, when things start rolling, money comes to you. Comes to you. It yeah. comes to you. And Anna's going through that too. She's experiencing that. Oh yes. She, With the inside see, lines, people absolutely. see the work you're doing. They see the, the impact and pe- people feel that, that sense of being of service and the connection she's making to the community. That's why I knew, oh, she's going to be brilliant. I put, just drop her in. And things going to grow around her, and that's that's what that is. I've never talked about it this way, but it's 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 that that certainty, that feeling, that passion, that wow, this is really going to make a difference. And so people pick up on that. Yeah, absolutely. People that, pick up that on that. Yeah. So that's kind of how. So then we were on a. Then I started traveling. I started being asked to teach this, you know, on the East Coast and then in Europe. So I wasn't home as much, and so other you know, I, I didn't do as much as I did normally because I was teaching two classes, sometimes three classes a day in a week. I mean, it was just nonstop. Um, and one day, um, Bob Garner retired and the guy who replaced him thought we were selling snake oil. His words, I quote, can you imagine Thanks, saying bro. that to Dr. Mark Howard, <laughs> right? Wow. said, oh, you're selling snake oil because he was running a program also. And he was talking about PTSD and mm-hmm. what, you know, how he saw it in the context of the principles. And he, he got trashed, disrespected and said, no, you, I don't want you going near any people in our county talking about, it. oh, it was bad. It was bad. So in the stroke of a pen, he defunded everything. 
just over. I was teaching in London and I get the text from Mark Howard, all programs canceled. Can you imagine after it was close, I think it was close to 12 solid years, never interviewed the clients, never checked in with what, you know, well, what really has happened? I mean, it was very, very sad. So some programs stayed on because a lot of them were voluntary. Uh, Linda's still doing her, uh, she does an ongoing uh, program with probationers. I know another guy, uh, Carlos, I think he's still working in the juvenile justice system doing an ongoing program with the juvenile justice system. So some departments kept it going. Yeah. They funded it themselves. But, and then we were in the main jail, which is where my heart is. And they, they kicked us out, not because of what we did. It was because two correctional officers murdered an inmate with mental issues. And they kicked all civilians out. They, the, the sheriff took over. And so we were kicked out. And we were kicked out of San Quentin too, by the way. We made it to San Quentin and we were in there for two years. And then they shut the whole state down because there were a lot of riots, you know, gang riots. So they kicked all programs out. So that ended our program with San Quentin. So, yeah, so we went on this amazing, and then, you know, it's like when you're a president and a president leaves office and the new guy comes in, the new regime, then that's it, you're out. Uh, you know, it's so interesting you say that because the first thing, when you, when you said new person comes in, stroke of a pen, the last, I think, 10, maybe 11 years of my military career was in protecting four-star generals. And typically wow. they were in charge of either the entire Air Force or the entire Special Operations Command or whatever division they were. And so I've been through a lot of transitions of heads changing and, and then watching the staff turnover. Like it was one particular general officer I was protecting that was forced to retire. You know, he, yeah, he yeah, there was yeah. something on his watch that's, and he was forced it. to, you know. That's it. The entire staff had yeah. they new orders. Now, I don't have mine yet. And I'm like, he don't like me. Something's wrong, you know. <laughs> and I, I get in the car with him, Kathy, for the motorcade. And I'm just like, hey, sir, I, I see you've given everybody first choice. Anywhere in the world they want to go, Air Force Base, first choice, you know. And I was like, I noticed everybody got there their choice sir I, I i didn't yeah he said yeah rob he said you're gonna stay and i was like so what what i i thought it was a bad thing and he says no he says because i think you're here to protect the position not the go. man there you go there you go and it was very it was it was very yeah, telling yeah, for yeah, my yeah, career yeah. after that he said i could just yeah, get yeah, that with yeah, you yeah. there you go there and you that go. that was my path that, from that you know it. that point that, on there you go and that that happened when obama took over as president oh yeah he, <laughs> he kept, but, yeah well of yeah. course we were, you know <laughs> of course but no he kept a lot of people who were who were republicans mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. their positions because he valued yeah. what the work they were doing see yeah. he wasn't looking at the, the personality the or, the, or yeah. the, the party hit, well, what work are they doing? And, oh, and look what they're, well, no, I, why would I get rid of him? Yeah, I value that. Yeah, yeah thank you. I value thank you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. see, that takes uh, amazing leadership to yeah. see that, you know what I mean? To see that. Well, that's when I I was a part of the, and I've been a part for a couple of years, so it's pretty, inter it's, it's pretty loving, but the National Defense Forum mm -hmm. and uh, former CIA director, 
Leon Panetta said. Oh, I love him. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Secretary Panetta I, said, yes. he challenged everybody in the room to remember leadership is serving the people and we're forgetting about the people. Thank you. Thank you. And yes. so he, he spoke to that leadership yes. being personally driven versus people driven. And it was an amazing speech. It was very amazing. to He's see another one. He's another one. Mm -hmm. And every time he was called, because he didn't. Oh, he, yeah. He, did reluctantly, everything. <laughs> he, he, they, he was called upon so many times yeah. because people saw that in him. Mm -hmm. it, it was about Absolutely. the people and doing what's right and, and getting the job done. Yeah, that to me, and that's what this is about, you know. Absolutely. What the, your experience doing, what you were doing, it, it regardless of whether you're teaching principles or anything you do. I mean, if I ended up working at McDonald's, yeah, I would be into it. I because yeah. I just get into things. Be bobbing and flipping. I'd be yeah, the people, yeah. And the customers, <laughs> and you know, and and see yeah. people that that people see that and they're drawn to that, and that's that's what. So it doesn't matter. Yeah doesn't matter what you're doing it's the place you're coming from and that's what really matters and i learned that from miss beverly big time <laughs> yeah she, she speaks on that love starting from that space of love um, absolutely absolutely uh, so now the, the the you've made your mark unquestionably but I'm just what teasing. is it I'm now what still okay What's yeah. still there to want to yeah. do, to want to impact, to want to change? Okay. Well, it's interesting. My family, they, they keep wondering, well, what, when are you going to retire? <laughs> and, and I said, well, what are you talking about retire? What, yeah. Because to retire means you're doing a thing, you know, yeah. that you would retire from. And I said, no, this is a calling for me. So this is not about um, like, I'm putting in time and I'm going to hit a certain mark and then go yeah. on into my life. And so, in fact, when I traveled to Europe, I started writing semi-retired because they ask you, what do you do? And one guy says, so which part of you has retired the top or the bottom? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm happy he said that because they hassle me sometimes coming out like, well, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> the hips are given out. So it may be the hips. But um, so what I'm about now, it's funny, right before COVID, I started spending more time with my grandkids, did less traveling, you know, my focus shifted. And I, you know, people would find me still, but I would, my scheduling started really slowing down, which I was fine with. And then um, after COVID hit, I thought, well, that's going to end everything because, you know, between not traveling anymore and, you know, people are not going to be interested guess what happened? Everything ramped up for me. I became busier than ever between webinars and individual coaching and, you know, podcast, whatever conferences. And I'm like, how did this happen? So I'm probably just as busy now than I was before okay. when I was slowing down. So, and I think zoom has a lot to do with that also, because me and other people are more accessible. Yeah. So I'm still, my big, my big thing right now is growing more teachers. Okay. That's where I'd like to focus my energy and I'm doing the grounding group, which hopefully supports that. But also I want to see more trainer trainer programs and there aren't any, they just, you know, where you get to deliver a training and have people with you deliver it. They're, they're co-leading with you and they learn. That's how I learn. 
watching Beverly, watching Roger, you know, watching different people and they would use me. So I had my training wheels, you know what I mean? So I'm with them. And then one day I'm doing it by myself without the training wheels, but I would love to see more of that happening. So a few people from the grounding group, they said, Kathy, we want to do something like that. So we may be creating probably one of the first training of training programs. Oh, that's cool. But it's going to be on Zoom. Now I've done one already for the UK with a group. And, and at first I thought, no, this just isn't going to work. It was in the middle oh, of COVID. Oh, it would definitely work. It well, definitely I didn't work. know because I'm an in-person <laughs> person, you know. And, it would definitely work. And yes. I'm like, and they said, oh, we can split We can split the Zoom into twos and threes. And yeah, we can do all this. Breakout rooms. Oh, and yeah. I said, all right. So I gave it a try and it exceeded my expectation it exceeded my expectation so so that seems to be um, hopefully a direction i'll start going in because again it's one thing to hear about it it's another thing to see it in action and to participate Mm -hmm. in it and and i I, that's just my opinion but i think that helps more than anything is actually doing it doing it i (laughs) that made me think of a time michael um when he does his programs, I'm using. I love Michael. In support. Oh yeah, uh, I'm using that. He's in another one. He's... Him. And he literally said, "He said, hey, I want you to share something real quick." He looks over at me. I was like, "Okay." So I get up yeah, and yeah. I, I do it, you know. And after when we went to break, he looked at me. He said, "Huh?" He said, "You really don't like uh, <laughs> when I give you a lot of time." I was like, "That's the difference." I yeah. said, "No, man." Yeah, I, yeah, I said, yeah, "I think because yeah, because yeah. I love you so much, I want to do it right, and I think it's yes, so right." Yes, yes. And so I yeah. miss all of yeah, your yeah, teachings because yeah, yeah, yeah. I fall. You know, I just want to be good very calm. You know, yeah, I just yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. the best student in a sense for my. And so he just laughs about. It. So now it is no prep. Yeah, yeah. No and then prep, I'm like, no wait, prep. wait, buddy, my grounding is getting better. You can let me know now, <laughs> you, know, you know. But no, it's yeah, just literally, yeah. it was something to that, yeah. me seeing that yeah. so early where, exactly. where he showed me how I overthought something. Yeah, yeah. And it was a simple question. It was, it probably wasn't even a, a, a big, it wasn't yeah. like a, a symposium, anything I had to give, you know, it was simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but he showed yeah. me very quick how I ramped that thinking up, so. Well, Roger was the one. Um, I remember when he was doing these big trainings and we were in this corporate setting and it was more, it was different programs, nonprofits, government, all, all kinds of folks and leadership positions. And he was doing the training and we took a break and he says, hey, why don't you do the next piece on innate health? And I'm like, what do you mean do the next piece? <laughs> like next piece, next <laughs> like, piece? Like in two minutes, the next piece. <laughs> and he said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be on the sidelines. But yeah, you, why don't you go up and you do it? And, and he saw the look of terror in my <laughs> eyes. And he said, all right, here, here's what I'm going to say to you right now. This is not about you. We're here for them. This, we're here to be in service to them. So this is not about you looking right or doing a, you know, saying things correctly, or, you know, are you going to make a, this has nothing to do with that. We're here for them. And I'm like, that just totally hit me. Powerful. Yeah. Totally hit me. So I'm in front of the room and see, you're either in your head about you or you're with them. It's one or the other. You can't do both. You can't do both. (laughs) So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, wow the room looks different from up here. And, 
who are all these people? And wow, it's cool to see them. And then I'm checking out the women and their purses and their shoes because I'm into purses and shoes. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder where she got that. I mean, I literally forgot myself. Mm. It was like, I'm hanging out with a few, you know, a small group of people. I was totally just with them. And then I just started talking about, hey, we want to talk about what we call innate health. And I was just on a roll. I just delivered it. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. But you're right. In that moment, I went into pure panic. The other time I did that, they asked me to speak in Hawaii. Uh, And this is, I've been doing the jail program for like six months. I really didn't know many people. I barely just found out about Sid. And Roger says, listen, I want you to be a part of this panel. I'm like, well, how long? And he said, well, 20 minutes, you'll have to talk. I'm like, oh, and just share about the jail program. And I'm like, okay. Well, a person who I will remain nameless, she was in charge of preparing me to what I was going to say. So I'd have to submit an outline and I'd fax it because back then that's all we had. So I fax it. She sends it back. No, you need to add here. So, So I rewrite it. I'd fax it. Finally, the fourth time um, she's making me redo it, I call up Linda Ramos. I go, you know, this is the, and I'm just going on and on about how she's making me jump through all these hoops. And, and you know what Linda said? Um, F it. (laughs) (laughs) I said, thank you. the beginning of everything. (laughs) I need that. I needed that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I said, okay, this is the final plan for me. Look forward to seeing you. And when we got there, Roger um, had us meet. It was me and uh, Jerry, Officer Jerry, the lollipop cop, who I'd never met before. He and Beverly did a lot of work up in Oakland. So it turns out two people couldn't make the panel. So it was just going to be him and me. He's police officer and I'm me. And we have to spend, use up uh, an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And I'm like, Roger, you tricked me. You tricked me. And so Jerry started talking about some things, some little stories from what he was doing. And I started sharing some stories, what I was doing with Roger, we're, we're hanging out. He said, just do that. Yep. That's your presentation. So I ripped up <laughs> yep, there it is. all these pages of notes. Yeah. And he and I got up there and we hit it out of the ballpark. People flipped, yeah. people flipped out. And, and i got to listen to Jerry because he's, he's a cop out on the beat. And I'm listening to him like, dang and i'm working with the people who he arrested you know what i mean on the other yeah, side exactly and, exactly and how from both ends how things were changed it was just an amazing but again that moment where that's what i loved about roger and barry just be you just do that yeah um i would ahead of time say well beverly she's the one who started this you can ask me anything you want and i will tell you the truth about mm-hmm. my life myself anything I will speak the truth. That's how we got the connection to the high secure unit guys. These are the guys in the red shirts who are in, you know, gang and all that. She said, I will speak the truth and I will answer any question you ask. And, and, and I also said, and I'm thinking, I guess me too. (laughs) (laughs) I guess me too. Right. Hopefully, you know, it won't be too embarrassing. And then I said, also, if we use any words that you do not understand, stop us stop us, put your hand up and tell us, because I want to make sure we're, we're understanding each other. So we, but she's the one who really set it up like yeah. that. And like I that. love what you just said, because 
like to to that awareness to say, hey, if you don't understand what I'm saying, stop me because I don't want to be saying it because I really want you to understand me. Yeah, so I, I yeah, love- yeah. And, and with the kids, it's the opposite. I, I tell the kids, OK, now here's the deal. Some of the things, the words you, <laughs> yeah. I have not a clue. So you're going to, I'm going to stop you and say, now, what does that word mean? Or yes. now, what do you mean? You, that, that, you know, whatever it is, or even yeah. with the amount like, wait, 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 wait. Now, what did you just say? I, I don't get, I learned a lot. Actually, when I was teaching in the corporate world, these are engineers and financial guys and, you know, people like that at a defense company. And then I go back and teach the guys in jail and they, the guys in jail knew I was traveling to this company. I told them, yeah, I'm, teaching the same thing you're learning to this group of blah, blah, blah. And then George let it out of the bag, the work I was doing. And he showed a video of the inmates talking about this to the business people. So then they are, now they know the work I'm doing. So each group asked me, well, how do we compare? Oh, wow. How do we compare? And I said, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if we could all come together Together. and learn this together? And the inmates are like, yeah, man, I'll fly to, I'll fly to New York for you. No problem. But again, it's, it was so cute because I, the inmates were, so how do they compare to us? I said, what do you think? Yeah. He said, we're probably easier because we know we screwed up. <laughs> and, and then the, the, the professional guys would say, they'd say, we're probably harder, aren't we? And I go, yeah, you guys are tougher <laughs> yeah. because you, you live in your heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so cute that they were asking about each other yeah. through me. And, and that's what makes it so universal. There's no difference. We, we, we start to see we're just all human. That's it. That's it. Kathy, well, I have enjoyed this so much. I want you to stand on what I'm going to call the stage right now. Okay. And, and you got all us young practitioners listening. Okay. What is it that we're going to end on that you would like us to just hear from you? Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of what we touched on already, you know, as much as this has impacted you and, and there's no requirement that you need to do anything with this, you know, as Sydney Banks would say, just be in your life, enjoy your life, enjoy your loved ones. Um, when you, when you, you run into struggles, remember that it, it is just thought and, and ju- just try to hang on to that as much as you can. But basically, if you want to, from me, if you want to go teach, see this for yourself as much as you can, but then jump in, just, just go for it. Don't people think they have to wait because they need to be a certain place to be ready to teach. No, if you feel that this is something that you really want to do and you're not doing it to, you know, look good or, or you're not doing it from ego, if you're doing it to be of service then just go for it. And, you know, there are plenty of people, I used to call people and say, hey, I'm working with this client and I think I'm stuck right now and I'm not sure where to go. So you can reach out and get help. And to me, that's what it's all about is just coming out of your own little world and your own, you know, what we talked about, like when you went into your head about, oh my God, I want to, I don't want to let him down. I don't want to this, I don't want to that. Yeah, that's human. It's inevitable. We're going to get nervous. But if we remember the point, we want people to understand that they do have this profound resiliency and, and that if they understand the only thing getting in the way between them and pure happiness, pure spirit is just where their thinking is. I mean, it is so simple 
And if people could just get a glimmer of that, like I only have a glimmer of that. If people can get that from you, through you, whatever you want to call that, that's all that's required. So I would just support people in going for it. And, and because if I, if, I, if I waited until I felt like I was qualified, forget it. And, and when Miss Beverly, when one day she says to me, this is after working for a while, she said, I will never forget you, Kathy. When I first met you, you came rushing up to me and told me we were going to work together. And she, you didn't, you said you didn't know how that was going to work, but you and I are going to work together. And she's kind of had to take a step back, like, okay, honey, you know, kind of like, but I had that enthusiasm, like somehow in my mind, it was a done deal and, and it came to pass, but she, she laughs when she tells that story. But again, yeah, that, that place coming from your heart, coming from that love, which Beverly speaks about, that's, the world is desperate for that, desperate for that. So that's what I would say. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.